70% of you that listen to Wholeness with Hannah don't actually subscribe. Following us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast helps more than you know. The bigger the following, the more the podcast can evolve. So if you hit follow, it would mean so much to me. Thanks. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Wholeness with Hannah, a podcast to remind you that your personal whole is the only goal. Feeling whole and aligned can mean totally different things to different people. Give yourself permission to love what you love, feel what you feel, and believe that you deserve everything that you want just because you want it. Me and my guests discuss all things mental, physical, spiritual, and financial health alongside tools, practices, and concepts that can help to enhance the everyday experience of life. I can't promise that we won't go a little off topic at times because I warn you now, I'm a bit of a talker, but I hope this podcast leaves you a little more equipped than it found you. Nobody else is you, and that is your power. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Wholeness with Hannah. This week I am joined by Leah McLeod. She is a human design expert, psychic medium and spiritual life coach dedicated to empowering individuals to embrace their authenticity and become their highest selves. With over a decade of experience, Leah has transformed the lives of thousands of people through her one-on-one readings, guiding them to understand their unique design and unlocking their true potential. Leah has become a leading voice in human design with her modern and digestible approach. Her work bridges the gap between the metaphysical and scientific, providing a practical and fun understanding of spirituality. Leah's mission is to make spirituality and human design an integral part of our everyday lives. She is the host of a top-rated podcast in spirituality, where she shares insights, interviews, renowned guests, and explores the realms of personal growth and self-discovery. So it's an absolute pleasure to have her on the pod today, and I'm really excited to dive into all things human design. So welcome, Leah. Well, thank you. It's always funny to hear my bio like read back. (laughs) I'm like, wow, wow, that sounds really good. <laughs> it does sound good. But, so yeah, um, it's... yeah, thank you for having me. No worries. Thank you for joining. So to start with then, could you give us a little bit of background on what's your story and how you got into human design? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, we could sit here for a <laughs> long time if I went into all the details of my story, but um, to give you kind of like the too long, didn't read TLDR um, of kind of how I got here, it really started uh, back in 20. 20- uh, 17 is actually when I discovered human design, I guess, or I, I like to say human design found me. And uh, I was listening to a podcast. So like anyone listening right now, I was listening to a podcast that I loved and there was a human design expert on and they were talking about this system. And so at the time I was in college and I had looked up my human design chart and I was like, okay, there's not really, I don't know what to do with this. And at the time, so human design is kind of this newer modality that's really having a big moment right now. So those of you listening may or may not know what human design is. And if you don't know, you're going to like see it everywhere now. And if you do know, then this is going to be fun. (laughs) Um, But so at the time I was like, what is this thing? And I I looked up my chart, I put in my birth information and it was just kind of this like really unesthetically appealing looking chart. And the information was like super confusing and I just, I just never did anything with it. I just kind of put it away. I will say though, it's funny because I had screenshotted my chart on my phone. So I had a like photo of it and I totally forgot about it. And then a couple years later in 2020, we all know it happened that year. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner is a nurse. So he, at that, at the beginning of kind of the pandemic, it was like, you know, that really weird time where it was like, we didn't know what, we couldn't really see each other. You didn't want to, you know, it was just like a weird kind of time. And, uh, I had a lot of free time. I was working remote for my corporate job. And the only person I saw was my roommate and my roommate's boyfriend. Um, but she was always at his place. So I was just like, honestly by myself quite a bit. And I was on Instagram and an influencer I'd followed had shared about human design and how she just had this incredible reading with this girl. And I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that thing. I looked up a few years ago and something about me is that I love like personality tests, self-help. Like I just love that kind of stuff. I'm very much of like a wellness guru outside of human design. And, um, so yeah, so I was like, what's this quiz I haven't taken? Um, I need to know everything about it, which is actually a part of my design. I'm very much like, I need to get into the weeds of lots of things. Anyone who has a one in their profile, we'll get into that later, but that would be you. Um, and so, Anyway, so yeah, so I ended up booking this reading and then in between the time that I booked it and when I actually had the reading was maybe like a week or so. And then I just kind of went 
like psycho on learning human design. I was like, I ordered a bunch of books and I started trying to teach myself. And then I had my reading and I told the the girl that um, gave me my first human design reading that I wanted to do this. And I was like, this is so cool. And so she really kind of educated me along the way. And um, it was really beautiful. And I just fell in love. And so that summer I decided that I was going to learn everything about it. And uh, if there's one thing to know about human design is that it's incredibly complex. So after trying to teach myself human design, I, I quickly realized that it was very, very difficult um, to just kind of teach yourself. And so then I enrolled at a training and yeah, then I, I never expected it to be what it is right now. I kind of thought it would be this sort of side hustle, if you will. Um, yeah. I, with my corporate job, I had always heard in the past, like, you know, millionaires or something, they have like seven forms of income. And so I thought, well, I've always been really spiritual. I've always really liked self-help. I've always been the friend that people come to for advice. And so maybe this will be kind of my outlet for that, but slowly, but surely became really busy doing readings on my, in my evenings on the side, and then became like super overwhelmed with like my, the divide between my, the, um, the kind of pressure that my corporate job required. I worked in like a fortune 500 company and ran a development team. It was very like busy, um, had a very high intensive job. So yeah. So basically I had this like whole experience that happened for a couple of years after that, where I really was like, I need to leave this thing and do human design. And, um, you know, it just kind of slowly, but surely turned into a business. And now it's, now it's its own thing. There's, I teach human design readers. I have a podcast and, um, I'm writing a book. I'm building Amazing. a human design app. So there's all sorts of things that have just evolved really quickly, but I really owe it not only to like the fact that I do human design, but because I use my human design in my everyday life. And so it's been a very like frictionless, um, like frictionless in the way of which when I got out of my own way and decided to actually finally pursue what was lighting me up, it's been a very like seamless frictionless process. So it's been really beautiful. Oh, that is a beautiful story. And exactly what you said at the end, when you pursue what lights you up, it becomes easy, doesn't it? But it's really hard. So it's interesting that it started as a side hustle because, you know, that's how you then find the courage to quit. So how did you get your clients to start with? Like when you were doing it as a side hustle, yeah. did you have a website or anything? I didn't at the time. No, I just put out on my Instagram, right. like, hey, life update. I'm a human design reader. And it was really cool because I think when you finally kind of step into your power, there's people that come out of the woodwork that have been wanting to support you for so, or like have been maybe like behind the scenes, like yeah. supportive of you. And it was really cool to hear from like old high school friends or even old college friends who were like, oh my gosh, you've always been so spiritual. This is so perfect. And wanting to just support me in any way and booking a session. So, so yeah, so it was just like friends. And then once you start reading for your friends and then it's your friends and their, their yeah. friends that I you know don't really know. And then it's their family members. And then it's, those people's coworkers. And so then it just kind of, our networks are so, you know, it's like a spider web. They're just, they're yeah. so, they span so wide. So yeah, it was just one person to the next. And the next thing you knew, I, yeah, I was really busy. And then, yeah. uh, and then I started an Instagram. And so some people found me there and and that's primarily where people find me these days. Yeah, and I think it's when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, the universe just somehow brings you the people, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it plops them in. It plops yeah. in all the opportunities. It makes it happen. I do a lot of work with like spirit guides and stuff. And so I always say like my spirit guides are working behind the scenes right now for, you know, the next couple of years of my life. Like, I don't know what they have up their sleeves, yeah. but they like hearing what I want. And then they're kind of like in their workshop, making it all happen and the connections come together and whatever way possible. So it really kind of felt like that. Amazing. I love that. Okay. So for every, anyone that doesn't know, do you want to tell us what is human design or some, some basics of it and how we can use it to live our best life? Yeah. Okay. So human design is a self-awareness system. So I always kind of say it's like Enneagram and astrology had a baby, but it's absolutely <laughs> uh, much more complicated than that. And um, you know, the thing is I joked like, what is this quiz earlier? Human design isn't a quiz. It's actually based on your birth information. Mm -hmm. So you just need to have your exact birth time date and place to generate your chart. And so when we, so with human design, we're kind of looking at this energetic blueprint, if you will. And this blueprint really tells us how the energy is flowing within our body. And so we call it a self-awareness system because it helps us become more aware of our energy. And it can tell us things like, 
you know, how you're designed to use your energy, how to, like I said earlier, get out of your own way. What, what's your strategy for how to optimize your daily energy um, input and output, um, how you can make decisions where your intuition lies. Um, it even goes as far into like why you're, why you were incarnate are incarnated <laughs> on this earth to, um, like, what's your purpose in a more broad sense, like not necessarily your career, but more like, what is your purpose in this lifetime, your personality, how you flow and work with others, um, even as far into digestion, what environments you thrive in. So there's lots of different pieces and parts to the human design system. And so, but yeah, it's mostly just a self-awareness system that helps us understand why we're different and how the energy in our body is um what it is and so we can work with that rather than you know following a guru or an expert or trying to do things the way that someone else did it because we're all innately just very different humans are complex i always kind of compare it to when uh you hear people talk about like diet and exercise and so there's like you know people will talk about oh i achieved this body through this type of workout and then the next person does that and it's like well that doesn't work for them because they're entirely you know, built different, right? They have different genetics and different wiring or someone eats a certain way and they're like, yeah, vegan's the way to go. And then there's someone who's like, I was so sick when I was a vegan. And so I feel like there are these, um, like humans are just super subjective. And so human design really allows us to step into our power, understand why we're different. It's called the science of differentiation to really optimize your own health and well-being and energy by working with what you were designed, what you were born with. Yes, I love that. And um, we'll go through what what are the five types of human design in a minute. But exactly what you said, when I discovered what I was, I was like, oh, this makes sense because we'll get into it, but I'm a manifesting generator and I... I can do so many things at once and I can only do things when they light me up. When they don't, I drop them. And I was always like, oh, why do I do that? Am I a bit lazy? Like I should stick with something or I've had a, like, a few, I've, I've worked in the same field now for a while, but I've done a few different jobs and it was always like, oh, my flaky, like, does that look bad on my CV? And now I'm like, no, that's actually what I'm supposed to do and how I'm yeah. wired. So I, anything that is a tool for self-awareness for me, I like chucked myself knee deep into because <laughs> it just it just makes your life better and it makes you understand yourself yeah. and also when you get to know yourself you can become the best version of yourself because you can do all these things that you're actually meant to do if that makes sense so yeah exactly. I mean I totally get it I totally get it um just before we go through them all how does it link with astrology yeah, so human design actually has a bunch of different systems made up within it. So it's kind of almost this umbrella of a lot of different things. So astrology is a piece of human design in the sense that we do take into account the planetary theme. So um, when you look at your body graph or your human design energetic blueprint, your chart, whatever you want to call it, you'll see there's kind of this like human formation and then there's these shapes on top of it and all these sort of like lines. Um, and then there's two columns on either side that have um, these like kind of symbols for each of the planets. And so we take into account the themes of those planets. So like the sun is a lot about like, you know, what you're meant to express in your life. The moon is what drives you. Mercury has a lot to do with how you communicate. Venus is your, your values and your morals. And so there's that kind of takes into the account those themes. Um, but it's not as similar. It's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. I will say that if you are into astrology, you'll absolutely love human design. Um, but you don't have to be into astrology to like human design either. Um, it's very much a different, they're two different systems. I think it's really powerful to use both though. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm not an astrologer, so I don't mm -hmm. offer that as a session, but, um, there can be lots of insights. And the other way that I look at it as a whole is that, um, when we get into astrology, astrology is really predictive. Human design is not predictive. Human design won't tell you who your soulmate is, what your perfect career is, um, and like what's going to happen, you know, tomorrow or the next few, you know, years. Astrology is super predictive. It takes into account like what are things that could happen, what are themes, you know, based on what's happening in your life, what are like circumstances. So there's lots of patterns that happen within astrology, and so I look at it as like astrology is this um, is the map. So if if we're kind of on a road trip, you can use human design as kind of like your GPS. So say you're taking a road trip across, um, I don't know, like the United States. So if you're on this road trip, 
you're going to, if you zoomed out and looked at, you know, the world map, you may see, you know, kind of where I've been, you know, where I'm going. So say you're kind of like halfway across the country. So you can see where you've been. And that would be the astrology of like, okay, mm -hmm. these are things that have happened. And this is potentially what we're going to run into. But right now in this present moment, I can use my human design. Human design is the GPS telling you go left, go right, you know, stop, take a break, you know? So it's kind of like, that's the way that I look at it, but it is involved. And um, it also involves a lot of other things. So astrology, the Chinese I Ching, um, the Kabbalah tree of life, quantum physics, genetics, the chakra system. So all of these um, systems are actually made up within human design. Okay, because uh, the reason I ask about astrology is because, it, as you said at the start, it uses your date, time and place of birth, just like it does for your rising and your moon sign. So, mm -hmm. so is it based on, the, obviously, the moment you're born, that's your energetic mm -hmm. blueprint. Is that, do you see what I mean? Yeah. So it's actually take human design takes into account two dates. So um, it takes into account when you were born. So the day that you came into the world, your birthday, and it also takes into account about 88 or 89 days before you were born, which it just calculates automatically, which is something we call the design date. And so half of your chart is actually from um, this this time of your life around 88 days before you were born, um, where we uh, sort of say that's when your soul came into your body. And that's when there was like an imprint that happened. Um, and what's really interesting is there's actually some um, studies that show that babies, when they're in their mother's womb, mm -hmm. they actually like their brain activity starts to light up when uh around the 88 89 day mark so that's kind of when your soul they say enters your body and then um and then again when you're born is like when you're actually like the second part of your chart comes into play okay interesting good to know yeah it's um, super interesting it is, yeah. but and then there are synchronicities like with astrology where um when i look at your son of um it's actually like in this conscious area of your chart where you were the day you were born. So on your birthday. So like yours is in gate 59. And so I don't know your birth. When's your birthday? Oh yeah. You've got my chart up. Uh, 26th of August, 1990. Okay. So yeah. So 59 is, um, that is going gate 59, which is in your conscious son. This is getting really complicated yeah. for anything, but just to kind of say yeah. that is um, going to be in the same Zodiac sign that you were born under. So like there are synchronicities in terms of like where those planets were right. placed, like they're going to match up and each of the gates or the numbers in your chart is what we call them. They're just gifts that you have. They uh, line up to um, specific Zodiac signs. So whatever one you're born under is going to have an influence there. But we don't really like when I read a chart, I'm not looking at, I'm not like paying attention to, okay, you're a Leo or you're yeah. a, um, you're a Virgo. Mm -hmm. Okay. That interesting. Sort of okay. So yeah. do you want to talk us through the five types? Yes. Okay. So if anyone's listening, definitely go get your chart because yeah. you'll want to follow along in some capacity. Um, if you're driving, pull over. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Don't um, do it there. Get your birth information. <laughs> you do need the exact time. Uh, and that it does matter. There are yeah. certain layers that are the same mostly throughout the day, but there are some that change by the minute. So it's definitely important to have that exact time. If you don't know your exact birth time on my website, if you go to my contact page, there's an FAQ and there's tons of, um, there's tons of things to do if you don't know your birth information, cool. but pull up your chart. And the first thing that we'll just talk about is the energy type, which is the kind of most prominent thing yeah. about your human design. So there's five different energy types as Hannah mentioned. And so each of these energy types really just speaks to the energy that you have. Now, it, this isn't your personality. This isn't similar to like a Zodiac sign where, you know, there's like Leos are all the same or Scorpios are all the same. This is really just speaking to how your energy functions. So you, two very different people could have the same energy type. And I'll get into like some other layers that show maybe similarities in a little bit. But so the first type that we like to talk about is manifestors. So manifestors are around 9% of the population and manifestors are our, our trailblazers or people who create momentum. They are the people who start things, start projects. They're uh, very bold and unapologetic. And their biggest lesson is to allow themselves to not fit into a box and to step into their boldness and allow themselves to kind of trailblaze and go after their crazy ideas. They get lots of spurts of energy where all of a sudden they're, you know, kind of chilling. And then all of a sudden they get an idea and they're like, I have to go do it right now. 
And the thing with manifestors is that their strategy, which is another piece of our human design, your strategy is when you know someone's energy type, you'll know their strategy. So I'll just mention with each five energy, with each of the five energy types, what their strategies are. And so for manifestors, theirs is to inform. And so it's really helpful for them to inform people of where they're going because they like to go fast. They like to be bold. They like to be different and unique and do things in their own way. And they don't like to be told no. And so um, it's really helpful for them to just let people know. And so their biggest lesson is to do that, but also to allow themselves to be bold and to remember that informing people is not people pleasing. Manifestors oftentimes will get stuck in with people pleasing because they um, they don't like to be told no, and they're afraid to inform because they don't want someone to stop them. And so the best thing for them to do is just unapologetically say, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. You're either going to get on board and help me, or you're going to get out of my way. Right. So that's manifestors. And then we have generators and generators make up majority of the population mm -hmm. around uh, 38%. I'm a generator myself and generators are the life force. They're people who were born with this innate energy to, to do, to fuel, to work. And, uh, you know, not just because someone's a generator doesn't mean that they have to be the workers or be people who are constantly like working in the world. It's just more that they have to choose what they love to do. And then they create endless energy and output on the things that they thoroughly enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so generators, they, um, they have this like warm energy that uplifts the energy of the room that they're in, or it brings it down if they're drained and they're in a bad mood. So generators, their biggest lesson is to do what lights them up. They're born with a really strong gut feeling. That's actually where they like why they're generators is because they have this defined life force gut energy. And so, yeah, their biggest lesson is just doing what they love and, um, in allowing themselves to prioritize their satisfaction and fulfillment and joy because they're designed for pleasure. And that pleasure is so important for the rest of us because they kind of have this infectious energy that we all kind of end up feeling. Okay. Um, and their strategy is to respond. So instead of forcing things in life, right, uh, them. Yeah, yes, yes. Instead of forcing things, chasing things, it's really important for them to just choose what's lighting them up moment to moment, listen to their body and, um, and then trust that the universe, you know, God, whatever denomination you believe in is going to drop things that are meant for you in front of you. And it's just up to you to tune into your body to go, Ooh, is this a yes? Or, Oh, that doesn't feel right. And so they have to tune into their gut, decide if something's yes or no, and then, you know, respond accordingly. Um, next we have manifesting generators, which is what you are, Anna. <laughs> yes. And manifesting generators are around 35% of the population. So also lots of people are generators and manifesting generators. And you're actually sort of this hybrid between the manifester and the generator type. So like the manifester, you're someone who gets lots of ideas and um, you want to kind of move fast. And then like the generator, you have the fuel to sustain, you know, work and, and doing what you love to do. Now, with being a manifesting generator, we oftentimes say that they're super multi-passionate and they're here to do lots of different things and to um, and to kind of allow themselves to pivot quickly. Uh, manifesting generators move fast because they have that energy of like, okay, have a new idea. And unlike the manifester who doesn't have the energy to um, necessarily like see things through, they kind of have to create momentum for the other types to kind of help them get to where they want to go. So that's why it's important for them to inform. For you, it's like you actually, you have the idea and you have the energy to see it through. So you'll kind of go and you'll get this idea and then you'll kind of work on something. And then when you get bored, your greatest lesson is to drop when you get bored and to move to the next thing yeah. and trust yeah. that you're not sporadic. Like you said earlier, yeah. flaky. Um, non-committal. You're just someone who you move quickly. And so when you decide that something's not for you anymore, you just course correct and move the next way. And so that's what being a manifesting generator is. And your strategy is to um, respond like the generators. You're very much like a generator in terms of like how you operate. It's just that you get that spark energy like the manifester, but it can be really helpful for once you decide like, okay, what is lighting me up? What is my body responding um, how is it responding? Okay, now I know it's yes or no. And then just inform anyone impacted by where you're going. So perhaps like when it comes to you, like maybe you're doing something in your business and maybe you have someone that helps you in your work and then you're moving to the next thing. It could be just helpful for you to let them know before just kind of moving along. Cause then they're like, Pete, hey, how are, why are they moving on? Right. But it's important that you do move on. Yes. Does that feel for you? 
Yes, because sometimes being a manifesting generator is exhausting, but it's also amazing. And that is like, as I said before, it's made my whole life make sense where that is very much me. I do have the energy to do things. I'm going to do this now. I'm going to do this now. I'm going to do this now. And I can do it all. But at the same time, as soon as I've lost interest, I just cannot do it anymore. I am literally like, wow, I thought I really wanted to do this. I've got out of it what I need, obviously need to get out of it. And now I have to leave. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Yep. And the greatest thing to know for manifesting generators too, is that I, like, it's kind of like that golden thread theory where you, you never know how things are going to link together. So even if you, you know, did something for a while and you're like, okay, obviously I ha- got what I needed out of this and now I'm moving on. It's this deep trust that later on that there was something there, whether a lesson or something that had to happen that's going to either return to you and it will make complete sense later. I mean, and that happens for all of us, but it's even more potent and important for a manifesting generator to know that because oftentimes they like they feel this conditioning and conditioning is a big thing we talk about in human design because so many of us are conditioned to like be a certain way by yeah. society or our parents yes. or our school systems or whatever, just life in general. And yours is about like trusting, okay, it's okay to move on and that this will make sense later. And it might even come back around in a little bit. Yeah. And the trust part is so hard sometimes, but when I look back on my life and jobs and relationships and things that, oh, when I did trust, it did work out. And I look back and I know exactly what the lesson was from it. But when you're in it, it is really hard to just go, right, I'm just going to cut it and trust that it's all going to work out. Um, I do try and do that now. But um, yeah, I, I, and then I can see how then it really diminishes your spirit if you don't do that because you're then yep. a manifesting generator that's staying in something that isn't for you anymore and that very quickly unravels you as a person. So yeah, it's, so it's about having the faith to just go, okay, I need to move on. I'm getting better at exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yep, yep. And so that's the beauty of knowing human design because then you can step into your power and it go, okay. It makes you feel better. I just can trust I can trust this process and I don't need to overthink this. And, and yeah, so I love that. Um, and so let's move on to, there's two more types. Mm-hmm. So the next is projectors. Yeah. Projectors make up around 22% of the population. Projectors are our guides. They're our leaders. They are the people who, um, they see the world in an upgraded way. Their energy very much absorbs and penetrates the, the collective. So they're kind of picking up on everything, but then they're also like, they have this way of just seeing straight through to the root of something and understanding it. And projectors, they're really designed to pull systems apart, break things down, and then re-put them back together to make them more efficient. So they kind of guide us through and projectors require a great deal of rest. Um, they, so they're kind of always absorbing the energy around them. And so they do need this like extra rest often because then it allows them to, um, you know, not overwork themselves. And so their greatest lesson is to allow themselves to, um, to lean into rest, to not hustle, not to burn out, to keep up with the rest of the world. Cause majority, of, majority of us are generators. And so we have this energy output and projectors don't. And so they're, yeah, again, their biggest lesson is just to allow themselves to lean into rest and trust that when they just focus on what's, you know, sparking their curiosity and, you know, what they're kind of mastering projectors have this way of like mastering things again, like becoming experts. And so when they just focus on that, then they um, can trust that people are going to find them. So their strategy is to wait for an invitation or recognition. And so um, again, instead of like, we kind of talked about with the other types, instead of like forcing things to happen, theirs is to um, really allow themselves to just wait for someone to invite them or recognize their gifts. Now, this specifically only matters when working with others rather than, um, you know, doing something themselves. So if they have an idea, they can go, you know, figure that out. But when it comes to working with others, they really want to make sure that they're, um, they're really recognized and invited in before giving their advice because generator or sorry, projectors can be super brilliant, but we, they want to, they want to give advice to everyone and they want to share their opinion, but they need to make sure that it's invited first. Otherwise they'll project onto Ah, people, which is why they're called projectors. Um, Projectors are also really important for us. They, um, they are people who, they have this really big purpose right now in the world. So we're kind of moving into this like overarching theme or generator, we've kind of been in this generator world and projectors are now going to be leading us through this new paradigm that we're kind of 
entering, which um, happened kind of last started last year. Well, it's been starting for a little bit, but essentially we're um, we're going to be moving into a time where projectors really show us the way in terms of leaning into rest, not overworking ourselves and. So if you're a projector listening, it's a really beautiful time to be you. And, you know, no type is better than the other. Um, so I definitely don't say that as like yeah. projectors <laughs> are more important than someone right now. Yeah. Um, but projectors have a really important purpose in terms of the collective energy, understanding how they operate, because we're all going to be like as a collective operating in this sort of projectorness. Okay. And then finally, we have reflectors, which yeah, are only 1% yeah, of the population. Really small, yeah, I've read that. Yep. So if you're a reflector listening, uh, that's amazing. You're yeah. only 1% of the population. You're so rare. And it's funny because I'll either hear from reflectors that they love being a reflector or they hate it. And so it's funny because when I got into human design and I learned that I was a generator, I was so bummed that I wasn't like this rare type. <laughs> I was like, everyone is, yeah. you know? And, and I was like, no, I'm not like, yeah. I'm so different. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm, I'm definitely a generator, but it's funny because reflectors, I oftentimes hear like, I hate being a reflector. I'm just like so weird and so different. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like generators would like a lot of generators. I know wish that they had yeah, that, but exactly. reflectors yeah, reflectors oftentimes in general feel like they are outsiders and they feel like they are different from everyone else. So they don't like to hear that more than they already feel. But it's actually a really beautiful thing because reflectors are our mirrors. That's why they're called reflectors. They they pick up the energy of everything. So they, um, if you look at their body graph, um, the, the charts that there's all these different like shapes and uh, you can have them colored in or not. Reflectors, it's not colored in at all. It's completely wide open and white. And so they feel energy from everything and everyone. And so their environments are so crucial. The people they spend time with are so crucial. Um, yeah. And so they're just kind of these like gentle, rare, non-judgmental people who see the world and they're very connected to cycles. So um, not only like what's happening, happening astrologically, but seasons, um, what's happening with the moon. And so their greatest lesson is to lean into their environments, trust, give themselves patient because patience, because their strategy is to, um, is to one way to be included and to give themselves a full like 28 day lunar cycle before making decisions. So they really have to lean into, um, just kind of waiting for someone to kind of include them or invite their perspective in, and then giving themselves a good, like solid month to decide if that's something that they want to pursue or not. Um, and to just be in touch with their environment. Yeah. So those so are all the types. Do they get drained really easy? Of they can yeah if they're around the wrong people or doing the wrong things they can get drained very easily and um and and that's not a good thing we want reflectors they kind of show us where we're at in the world so if you're around a reflector and you don't feel good it might be a reflection of your own energy right. um because they just reflect that back to you so so yeah yep okay cool so they're the, the five main types but when we look at a chart then because mm -hmm. for someone say they've gone and they've got their chart up and they're like whoa what's this then um mm -hmm. because i looked at mine um again earlier because i knew we were recording this um and there's lots of stuff on it um like your incarnation cross your signature theme all those things so if anyone just kind of wanted to have a look at their chart and kind of get a little bit of an idea themselves obviously it's not as good as having an in-depth reading but um where do you, where would you recommend they start yeah so i mean just go to my website the design and there's a button to, to get your chart there and that'll pull up your chart and there will be a list of everything um, listed that you'll want to know so it'll say like first your name your energy type strategy authority definition Profile, incarnation, cross, blah, blah, blah. There's lots of different things. So that'll all be listed there. Um, if you'd like some, you know, personalized insights, I have a tool called Decode Your Design, which is available on my website as well. It's free. So you just do the exact same thing that you did to look up your chart. You put in your birth information and then it'll spit out like uh, some things about your chart. So um, it'll say like, you know, something about your energy type, something about your profile, which is like your personality type. Um, and then it'll say something about your strategy, your intuition, which is your authority in human design. And it'll just kind of list a couple little snippets that you'll want to know um, just right off the bat. Cool. So you have a, a signature theme and then you have a not self theme, right? Yep. Um, yep. Can you explain that? Yeah. So 
you know, moving from the energy type thing. So that's like the first piece that you'll want to know. And that's the most important. And the other thing I recommend to once you know your energy type is to, you know, go to Instagram and follow some accounts. You can follow me. I'm the design of you and start reading through a lot of us share lots of content related to um, the energy type. So it's fun to just learn about yourself through that. And then um, you'll want to lean into what we call our strategy and authority. And you'll hear those two things bucketed together because our strategy and authority is in this like marriage together. And so strategy, we are, we went through each of those with each of the types, but essentially it's how you strategically bring in aligned opportunities. It's the way that you can strategize and work with your energy. So to refresh your memory. So for manifestors, it's to inform for generators, it's to re respond for manifesting generators. It's to respond and inform for, uh, for um, uh, projectors, it is to wait for an invitation or recognition. And then for reflectors, it is to wait to be included. And so once you have that, then you'll want to look at your authority. And authority is how you follow your unique intuition. It's just a fancy word for intuition. And it's called authority because it's the thing inside of you that has the power. So it is your, it's your intuition. It has the power over everything. We oftentimes try and use our heads and our yes. minds to control our lives, but truly like our body holds so much wisdom and there's seven different types of intuitions or authorities. And so this, this is the thing you'll want to trust. And so, um, I can kind of go through each one of those because I think that'll make the most sense. And these two things together lead to your signature and not self theme. So then I'll kind of go into okay. that. So each of you know what to like, how to know if you're on track or not. Yes. So, so starting with your authority. So emotional authority is the most common one, which is what Hannah is. And emotional authority means that you're just deeply emotional and you're someone who um, is constantly riding this emotional wave. And so sometimes that wave's at high, sometimes it's at a low, but what it means is that you are, um, you're kind of constantly, uh, you're feeling deeply. And so when something shows up in your world via your strategy, so, um, whether you, um, you know, someone brought something to you or there was just something that appeared. Um, it's really important for you to tune into your emotional climate and allow yourselves to really feel through this wave. And so what I mean by this is like, say you're having the best day ever and someone comes to you with a decision and you're, you're probably going to be like, yes, like to everything. Cause you're just going to be like on cloud nine. And you're going to be super excited. And then the next day that, you know, emotional wave is going to kind of like, you know, get hit neutral. And you're going to be like, why did I say yes to that thing? Like, why did I commit to that? And same goes if you're having a bad day, maybe everything's a no. And you're just like, no, today sucks. And you're like, why did I say no to that? That was such a great opportunity. So really the best tool for someone with emotion, emotional authority is to allow themselves to give themselves time, sleep on it allow themselves some space to really feel into something and, and really wait for that wave to kind of crash at the shore and to allow it to kind of neutralize out and to go, okay, this is like, I feel very clear. I have lots of clarity. I don't feel emotionally charged. And so I can now, I can um, hear whether something's a yes or a no. So your intuition requires some time. Yes, that makes sense. I have got a lot better at that. And I think meditating has helped me just with that as well. But I would say I would be very, I used to be very inclined to react. So if something happened, I'd want to sort it out straight away and I'd want to talk, like, get it done. And now I'm like, oh, no, I can sit with that for a minute. And then, as you said, the next day I'll be like, it's chill, it's fine. I don't yeah. actually need to do that thing anymore. So I've learned that. So that's interesting because also when you said emotional, I like, I don't know if I'm, I feel like I am a very deep, person so i'm a scorpio moon as well in astrology our emotions are we need deep connections we need to feel things really deeply we can't just do surface level so yeah that makes sense that i've got it in both as well yeah oh. yeah <laughs> exactly so it's so important and i think that's one of the biggest things because a lot of people who have emotional authority like how we get into alignment which is like you know the the most important thing with human design is like understanding your energy and then how to align with it how we get into alignment is by living our lives in accordance to our strategy and authority. Now, something I should have said earlier is that human design isn't a belief system. It's not, you know, a rule book. It's just something to experiment with. And so my biggest advice for anyone listening is just experiment with the information and see if it, it brings you closer to your true self. And so starting with the, um, you know, your authority is really understanding like, okay, do I, does, how does my intuition speak to me and how can I make decisions using that? And how do I bring in aligned opportunities with my strategy? So 
the emotional authority is just big because oftentimes one, it's the most common authority. 50% of the population has it. And two, um, people are, feel forced to make decisions quickly and you don't have to make a decision fast. Um, it's actually important for you and very healthy for you to tell people like, Hey, I just need some time. Like I'll let you know in a few moments or a few days or a few weeks instead of feeling rushed all the time. That's really interesting because I often think I really want to do something. I'm like, I want to do this. I'm going to do it. And then I'll go, I'll make a step towards doing it. I'll reach out to someone or this. And then next day I'll be like, oh, I don't think I want to do this. And is that, <laughs> is that because I've given it a bit of time and my intuition is like, you don't actually want to do this, do you? And then I, I have to just be honest with myself. Be like, I don't actually want to do this. Why am I doing this? So that's really yep. interesting because I definitely do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so if you want to like some tools, write it down, like see like what is the thing that comes up and then say, okay, I'm going to give myself one night or, you know, I'm going to revisit this in one week. And if it's still something that feels like a yes, and you feel really like clear, it's not like emotionally charged, yeah. then, then pursue it okay. or don't, you know, good to know. Yeah. The next one is sacral authority, which is uh, called gut feelings as well. And this just means that you have a really strong gut. This one only is for generators and manifesting generators will have this. So no other type can have this authority. Um, the other thing to know is that um, oftentimes you'll hear that generators and manifesting generators have a strong gut, um, but you can have emotional authority and, and be a manifesting generator or generator, and you still do have a strong gut. So Hannah, you do actually have a strong gut, yeah, but it's not where you make your decisions. It's not the number one thing. Once you kind of ride that emotional wave and you feel super clear, you may notice your body like starting to feel that like um, that like gut pull, the area below your belly button kind of be like, this is like something I'm like really excited about or not. Um, but it's only once you feel super clear that you'll start to feel that come up. And that's just a big question I get often. So I like to kind of explicitly yeah. say it because, um, people are like, I'm so confused. Like everyone keeps saying I'm a generator and I have a strong gut, but I'm emotional authority. So what does that mean? Right. So they, so yeah. Okay. But going back to gut feelings authority, so anyone who has that authority, I do, um, it just means that you actually have instant access to knowing what's a yes or a no for you. So unlike the emotional authorities that need some time, uh, anyone with gut feelings or sacral authority, they're going to be able to know almost immediately what's a yes or a no. So someone comes to them with something or something shows up, it's going to be like, yes. Um, or it's going to be like, uh, uh, this is not right. And your body will constrict or it will expand, um, an expansion, the lightness, the spaciousness is a yes. And the restrictiveness, like heaviness in your belly specifically, or you may even get a stomach ache is the no. Oh, I'm a bit jealous. That must be quicker. <laughs> <laughs> But here's the thing. Oftentimes, I mean, each one comes with its own caveat yeah. because oftentimes people will, they won't, don't want to listen to it because our body will tell us. And then, you know, they're like, well, it, all my friends are doing it yeah. or, you know, that like seems like the right thing. I should do this. And, you know, and then, then you end up going to do it and then you're disappointed in yourself and frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, fair so, <laughs> yeah. So then the next one is spleen authority or um, instinctual authority. And this one's all about instincts. It's this whisper that people get. So um, it's it sounds similar sometimes to the gut feelings, yeah, but it's say. actually very different. Yeah, because yeah, it speaks instantly, but it, it sometimes um, comes out of nowhere. So um, for example, so if this person were to something showed up in their world, um, sometimes it might not say right away. So this person kind of goes, okay, I'm going to open my awareness. And then there's sort of this instinct that will kind of let them know. And then there's a lot of times a safety associated with it. Um, like they, they'll feel unsafe or they'll feel like, okay, this is like something that I should do because this is going to like be safe for me. Um, it often also feels like a, a, an epiphany or revelation. Like it's an overwhelming, like this is like this whisper, like something is telling me that's greater than myself that I have to do this thing. And so um, these people... Yeah, it's all about, again, for them opening their awareness and like really like hearing what their body is saying and allowing themselves to, you know, just kind of tune into that like instinctualness that comes with our nature. Right. Um, and then there's willpower authority, which is sometimes called ego authority. And this one's all about you trusting your um your your will. So it's all about having this like will and drive to do it. So when someone here is like meant to do something, they'll hear themselves saying like, I want this or I need this. And they'll like be so like driven. And when something's a no, they'll procrastinate and they'll like go hide and they like don't want to do it and they want to avoid things. 
So um, that one's a pretty rare one, but yeah, it's like all about kind of like this desire, this ego desire to do something or not do it. And then there's a couple more. So, uh, and then we've got self-projected authority or oftentimes this one is called, um, and this one's specific to projectors, but this one is oftentimes called voice authority. And it's all about using your voice as a sounding board um, with other people or yourself. Um, Cause these people, it's all about like how authentic a decision feels. So they have to really tune into like, as I'm speaking about this, does this feel like me? And can I like try this on? And does it like, is this something that is authentic? Right. So talking it out with someone else, does that help? Yeah. And, and their biggest lesson is oftentimes not to get advice from people because they'll feel like they're like talking to someone. It's more just to hear what you're saying and let someone be like a trusted confidant and say, I'm not looking for advice. I'm just looking for support. So hear me out. And um, voice journaling is really powerful for them. And then we've got mental authority and mental authority is, it's not what it sounds like. It's not about using your mind because it's actually more so called like environmental authority. Um, it, that's the way that I reframe it. And a lot of human design uh, readers reframe it as that as well. Um, but really it's all about your environments. And so, um, these people need to, it's, they have to give themselves time, like the emotionals and really feel into, okay, is my environment, um, how does this feel as I kind of move through my environment and does this still feel like me? So it's kind of like combining the environment piece with the voice authority as well. It's like being around people, trying it on, feeling that authenticity, um, and then lastly, we have reflectors who have, um, they have their own kind of authority, which is to wait a lunar cycle. And there's this just to, to basically um, allow themselves to feel into their environments too, over a good 30 days to decide, you know, does this feel right by my intuition? Because their intuition is like, it needs a lot of patience. Right. Okay. Interesting. And then, so whatever one, whatever authority you are, that makes your signature theme and you're not self theme. So that actually comes from your energy type, but they lead into oh, each right. other. So, yeah, so it's all connected. Um, so many layers. So it's yeah. super complicated as you guys are all learning. Yeah. And I definitely try to break it down so it's all digestible. But so, yeah, so our signature theme is basically like the feeling that you get when you're in alignment. It's a sign that you're on track. And so each type has this sort of feeling. But how you achieve that feeling is by working with your strategy and authority. So I think of it as like a formula, like strategy plus authority equals signature theme. So for you, Hannah, yours would be, um, you know, as a generator, when you wait to respond, and then you tune into your emotional authority. So before you, you get something shows up, you wait to respond, you allow yourself to give your like sleep on it, give yourself some space, feel clear, feel that neutrality and say, okay, this is still a yes or a no. Every time you make a decision from that formula, you are going to feel satisfied and satisfied and, and peace for you as well. Since you're a manifesting generator, um, you kind of have like two, every time you feel really peaceful and really satisfied in life, that's an indication that you're on the right path and you've been trusting your energy, working with your energy and making correct decisions for yourself. Yeah, that makes sense. So it just basically means take a bit more time over it, perhaps, because then my I'm looking just looking at my chart here, the not self famous frustration, which is obviously yeah. when I feel like out of alignment with what I'm doing, I do get incredibly frustrated. So that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yes. Yep. So frustration is basically when you don't use your strategy and authority. So some examples are like when you use your mind, when you let someone else control your decisions, when you ignore your intuition, when you force things to happen rather than, you know, waiting, which all of us besides manifestors are really required to wait for something. Yes, we are, aren't we? And that's the whole trust the process. One thing I've learned in my life is, and this also links to manifest being me being a manifest and generator now is, and I've I always like to say the phrase, you take take a leap and the net will appear because I've had to do that before in my life and it did appear and it has appeared again. But sometimes when people don't want to hear that, they're like, I'm not doing that. I'm not taking a leap without having something there. And I get it, but mm -hmm. I just know in my gut, that's how my life is going to, that, that's how my life works and that's how my life flows. And it's scary at times. Yeah. Well, and I love what you said because I sometimes I'll describe what I do and I say my biggest work in the world is helping people to get to a place where they so deeply trust their intuition that, um, and they don't have to overthink it. So for example, we all have decisions that we've made in life where we were like, this is crazy. I don't know why, but like, I'm just going to do this. Like yeah. all odds are against us. All logic is defied. Like it doesn't make sense. Like we turn down money. We turn down 
you know, this big things or, you know, we just, it just looks so crazy on the outside, but there's this deep inner knowing that we have that tells us to go do it. So we go, I don't know why I made this decision. I just knew I had to do it. So I did it. And I took that leap of faith and I trusted that there was a net. And so oftentimes what I'm doing with human design is getting people to that place. Like, how can you trust yourself so deeply that, um, that, you know, everything falls into place? Because what happens is when you hear people tell stories like that, they go, I don't know why it was just so crazy. And then everything worked out the way that it was supposed to, even though it didn't look like it was going to, and no one trusted me and everyone thought I was, you know, yeah. crazy and, you know, all the things, but it, ha but it worked the way that it was supposed to. And it was so seamless and frictionless. And so that's really like the beauty of working with what we call our strategy and authority. And again, like, it's just something to play with. I recommend people doing it for one week and then challenging themselves to do it for one month and just, you know, letting go of the chains that we hold on to control and just allowing ourselves to really trust that where we're meant to go is going to always find us. It's never going to pass us by. Yes, that is the best way to live life. That is the most peaceful, calm, but I acknowledge that it's not always easy, but from my own experience and from all this stuff, and you know, I'm quite spiritual as well, which helps, but it's more like what you leave behind. Wait, what what comes next is always better than what you've leave behind. It always comes in with something better than you could have ever imagined. But again, mm -hmm. it's like getting someone to the point where they're comfortable to follow this and to do this. And I'm I'm really trying to do that now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like this beautiful thing that just happens when we really just let go and you know, let go and let God, if you will. And, yeah. and so it's just really beautiful. And I love that you recognize that. And so anyone listening that is interested in human design, that's really the, the beauty of understanding this. And I mean, we just scratched the surface. Like yeah. there's so much more into our charts. Like I could talk about one person's chart for 24 hours. I yeah. could talk to, um, I could talk about, I mean, I have a podcast dedicated to human design that like hasn't covered even yeah, it's everything. It's definitely in it. your yes. thing. You found your thing and I'm so happy. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's my thing, but you know, um, but yeah, so there's so many layers yeah. to it and it can be really fun once you dive in. And it's all about this, like, just, just go into it being playful and experimental and just seeing like what could happen. And if it doesn't end up being your thing, I always tell people to like, I never am trying to convince someone it's real or like, yeah. you know, the end all be all, but like, you know, just see if it works. And, you know, if it doesn't, then, you know, go to astrology or Enneagram or, or, you know, like do something else. Maybe it's massage or acupuncture. Like we all, there's yeah. so many beautiful tools out there. No, it's so true. And since I've got into it and I've said, if I've been with a friend and I've been like, oh, do you know your human design? And they're like, no, what's that? And then when I say, oh, you'll be one of these five and this isn't this. And then they're like, wait, I want to look it up. And then they look it up and then they're like, whoa, I've got to go. I've got so much to read. This makes so much sense. So like, even <laughs> if someone hasn't heard of it before and they might not be into that stuff, when they see that it all resonates with them, they're like, I need to know more about this. So that's yes. really cool. Yeah. So it doesn't, well, doesn't and, matter. And what's funny is because people will either go, they'll say one of two things, like this is totally me, or they'll say, oh my gosh, like I am living so far from this, but I know who that person is. Yeah. And, and that was the case for me. Like I remember learning about my human design and being like, I wasn't, I wasn't that person. I wasn't living anything from my chart. I was like so conditioned and so far off but I knew deeply down that that was exactly who I was. And so even just hearing the language and, um, you know, seeing what the different things mean in my chart, it really made me like kind of wake up a little bit and go, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? Like, I'm so lost. I'm so far away from who I'm meant to be. And so then it's kind of confronting a little bit. Yeah, and you're like, totally. And then you'll be like, oh God, I have to change. <laughs> yes. But you're like, wait, so how do I start strategy and authority? So that's cool. Cause you know, human design gives you this, the step-by-step -step process. And then it allows you to just like, you know, continue to play and experiment. And so that's what I did. And then now here I am, but, um, but yeah, so again, people either are like, that's me or they're like, that's not me, but I know who that is because that's who I was when I was a little boy or girl. And, you know, and I've just gotten away from who, who that person is. Yeah, totally. Board. There is such a difference between knowing what you need to do and actually doing it. And I think that, 
is where you know you've got to get your sweet spot and that's where you've got to get comfortable and you've got to understand yourself and so you, you feel confident in your body and everything that's giving you all these signals and you you being able to act on them so yeah I love this I mean we could go on forever but um, that <laughs> really, was a, bring me back. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really amazing overview thank you so much and now as you've said before and I'll put in the show notes where everyone can find you but yeah anyone listening that wants to get more into it get your chart dive in because I'm obsessed with it now so that's Yes. Yep. And if you want to learn a little bit deeper, I sell something called the personalized guidebooks, which are um, 95 plus page PDF guides to your human design. And Hannah, I um, will put one together for you if I can get your birth info and send that to you, but they're completely personalized. So they go into all the details in the deepest way. Um, If you'd like to just like have this beautiful booklet and they're designed if you wanted it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if you wanted it on your coffee table, there I know people who print them out and keep them on their desk for when they're like at work. So I mean, there's just so many beautiful ways to use it, but they are my heart and soul. So definitely I'll give um, everyone a code for you, Hannah. So oh, you can let you. me know what that yeah, is and you can amazing. put that in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. So people can get a discount and um, you can also apply that on a session with me. Um, and I also teach human design readers. So if anyone wants to become a human design reader, I do. <laughs> yeah, knock on my door. And even if you don't want to become a reader, there's a lot of people in my program right now that I have 76 students and a lot of them are like, I don't really want to become a reader. I just want to learn it for my business or my yeah, life. Or um, as like people- an extra. Yeah. Like people, I just want to know how to do this. And there's a whole module on giving readings and performing readings and all that kind of stuff. If you want to, you know, use it in that way, but you don't have to, a lot of people are just like, I just like love it for my family. Like I have one girl in there who's like, I have five kids and I just want to know human design because I love it. And it's helped me like raise my children. And so like so many people use it in lots of different ways. So it's also a really great program for that. It's called human design mastery. So Amazing. Just to plug in all my things here. Yeah, no, I'll put them all in the show <laughs> yeah. notes. Um, okay, amazing. So yeah, that's great. But to round up, I always ask everyone free oh, questions, free, qu- free quick questions. And you're, I'm sure you'll be great at these. So my first one is, can I please have one of your favorite quotes? Oh, okay. Um, so my, a quote that I live by that mm-hmm. is oftentimes like, it used to have at my office, but it's just one that has always stuck with me. And it's what you were afraid to do is an indication of the next thing you should do. Mm. Oh my God, yep. that's just sent me. I know what I need to do next because I'm in a bit of a situation at the moment and that's gone, oh yeah, she's right. <laughs> yep, yep. So it's always just like something I remember when I'm avoiding something or I'm like feeling fearful. It's like what what I'm afraid to do is often an indication of something. And it's sometimes it's just what you have to lean into. It's like, why am I afraid? So it's like either you need to learn something about yourself or you need to dive in and like trust. face your fears. Yeah, so. and just trust that it's all going to work out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Love that one. Thank you. Um, and can I get a book recommendation? Ooh, okay. Um, so Many Lives, Many Masters is one of my favorite books that I read this past year. Um, I was being mentored by a um a psychic medium and and I've been developing my psychic mediumship skills. I do not offer this as like a service. So I yeah. I sometimes don't mention it. Yeah. But I do that and I'll sometimes bring it to a human design reading if it makes sense. But um, but yeah, so that book was incredible for me. Um, not, it doesn't really kind of get into that stuff, but it's all about like your past lives. And, um, it's written by this professor who, um, is really big leader in kind of the psychology world who did a lot with, um, understanding like our past lives and how to tap into that. So it's just, it's the most fascinating book and it helped me get over my fear of flying and my fear of death. Okay. So if you've experienced that, like you have to read this book. It's Okay, I'll definitely, I'll put that in the show notes and I always put that on Instagram when I post the episode. Um, Okay, great. And finally, a piece of life advice you'd give your younger self. Oh my gosh. Um, Oh man, I don't know. My younger self. So I feel like there's so many things that version of me needed to hear. Um, I think what my younger version what she needed to hear the most. And I've done some like inner child work around this. So I think she's heard it now, but, um, is really that like things are, or things are going to be okay. And that like, um, you know, the things that you desire in life aren't crazy or lofty or luxurious or, um, out there. Cause I grew up in a family that I grew up very like lower middle class. Um, I always say it was like kind of in like a poorer family, 
And uh, yeah, like growing up, I was always told like that my interests were always just kind of, you know, not affordable. Um, and I'm not a bougie person by any means, but like there's a big story that I, I think I talk about this on a couple episodes of my podcast of like my dad saying that I liked designer milk because I wanted my dad to buy almond milk. Right. Uh, and so like I had to do a lot of money healing stuff around that. But um, yeah, I think my younger version needed to like hear that like you're not, you know, too crazy for wanting like, you know, cute shirts or like nice things. Um, basics, truly. Uh you know, so I always yeah, I kind that. of remind my younger self that like, you know, she is going to have those things one day. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah. I have absolutely loved talking to you today and I'll speak to you offline anyway. But um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Leah. And could, before, just at the end, could you just remind everyone where they can find you? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me, Hannah. This has been wonderful. And I can't wait to connect with all your beautiful listeners. Um, But you can find me on uh, Instagram. That's where I primarily am at. And it's the design of you. I talk a lot about wellness on my personal account. So I can also add that here. It's just, it's Leah McLeod. Um, And then my website is thedesignofyou.com. And my podcast is The Design of You. Everything's The Design Design of You. you. So (laughs) yeah, if you just like look that up in Leah, the the design of you, Leah, you'll find the links to everything. But um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll link it all in the show notes too. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Wholeness with Hannah. I hope you found it insightful and uplifting. And my one wish is that it's left you a little more equipped than it found you. Shout out to my amazing guests and my wonderful producer, Mariana. If you could subscribe, rate and review, I'd love you forever because it really helps the podcast or share with a friend if you think it will help them. You can also follow the pod on Insta at Wholeness with Hannah. Thanks and see you next episode.